You're listening to episode two of the Better Than Healthy podcast, the one where we're going to talk about the three different types of hunger and how to tell the difference. Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello. So as I talked about in last week's episode, this week I really wanted to go in the three different types of hunger because I think that's going to be so useful for all of you as you're learning to really connect with your body more and trust your body more. And it's difficult to do that if you don't understand these different cues and types of hunger. So when anyone really tells me that intuitive eating just doesn't work for them, a lot of times what we find is that they were just eating everything all the time. It tells me they likely weren't paying attention to all the different types of hunger and may have just been rebellion eating, which rebellion eating is just eating as a way to prove that you can, as a way to fight against the food rules and diet culture. And it's a way of more so proving that, oh, I'm going to eat this food just because it's just proving that all those rules that used to control me no longer control me. If you think about it, the real problem with rebellion eating is that if you're just doing it to fight back against the rules, then the rules are still kind of controlling you, especially if you're eating at a time when you would otherwise choose not to eat, which is why a lot of times I won't talk about going against breaking down diet culture, which we'll talk about that some because I do think it's important to recognize where some of these beliefs that we have around food have come from, but I'm not a big one on focusing on diet culture because then I think it's still giving the control over to that and over to the rules because it's acting against them rather than just choosing what you want. And that's when I really talk about learning to base these food decisions on these different types of hunger helps us feel better and learn to trust ourselves with food just based on what we want and taking care of ourselves. Because this goes back to basing our decisions and choices about what's best for us from a place of self-care and self-love that actually leads us to taking more care of ourselves. I was actually reading a research study today talking about self-love and self-esteem and it's called contingent self-esteem, meaning our self-esteem is based on meeting different standards, which in health world is when we met our steps for the day. If we met a certain calorie or food limit or reached a certain number of servings of getting the right servings of vegetables or of getting the right workouts. So when we have those as our standards and then we base our value and our healthiness and how we're feeling based on whether or not we met those, then we always become dependent on that thing. And so even when we're moving into rebellion eating, it can be basing it on not following the rules is where we're getting that from. So it just keeps us in the cycle of where we're not just really focusing on what we really want, which is just the feeling better part and taking care of ourselves more. So to get into the different types of hunger, it's physical, taste, and emotional. So physical hunger, I know this is pretty obvious, well, it probably seems that way. There is some little tricks to it too, that the obvious signs are like our stomach growling, or maybe you usually get hangry. But sometimes we think hunger is more of these extreme levels of hunger when it's like we're really hungry, which can a lot of times be when we're getting like the stomach growling. It's usually a later stage of hunger versus like an early sign of hunger. Early signs of hunger a lot of times are more subtle or not directly what we would think of when we think of hunger, like losing focus easily, feeling easily distracted, maybe feeling a little bit more irritable or anxious than normal, maybe having trouble remembering words or feeling like our energy level is really low or feeling tired. And the signs can be different for everyone because some people experience like a little bit of heartburn as an early sign of hunger. And a big distinction too can be that physical hunger is really to meet the needs of our body for energy and this type of hunger, it like starts as a signal in our body, like from our stomach, signaling that we need to bring in more food. 
and that differentiates it a little bit from like emotional hunger which we'll talk about in a little bit next i'm going to move to taste hunger which taste hunger i also call this one satisfaction because it's when we're eating to feel satisfied with a meal or snack so if you've ever had it happen where you ate all your food but you didn't quite feel satisfied yet then it's sometimes we weren't really enjoying that food or wasn't what we were wanting and when we can eat until we feel satisfied it's that step beyond just feeling physically full that keeps us from going back to food more quickly because when we feel satisfied with the meal it feels complete and then we move on from it and it keeps us from constantly thinking about food or wanting that little bit of satisfaction that actually is part of a normal instinct and it can be a very clean craving for food because it's just like that craving for a specific food and then you have like a little bit of it you have one and then you feel satisfied with it and that craving then feels complete the last type we're going to talk about emotional hunger i also call this one mental hunger because these cravings don't start as a physical need in our body or even just that little bit of taste satisfaction it's a way that we use to feel better and avoid an emotion so I do want to address because I think most people think of emotional eating and then they think of this big intense emotion because honestly still even knowing what I know about it it's like I still sometimes picture because even for me I think about those romantic comedy movies that I would watch where it's like a person over a tub of ice cream like crying about a breakup and it can look like that but so often that's not what affects us the most because usually we're not experiencing like a big intense emotion on that level what really affects us and what a lot of people I think don't realize is emotional eating is when we're like just wanting to relax after a long day or week when we just want that little something when we're bored or we just want something to snack on while we're working because it's just that little bit of distraction and just something to do while we're doing a boring task those are the types that bother us more because it can even look like oh like as a way to relax on the weekend i'm just gonna like order a bunch of food and sit down and watch tv because when we use that as a way to distress then it is a type of way we're coping with our stress and that discomfort which may or may not be productive for us an easy way to tell the difference between taste cravings and emotional ones is that our taste cravings are satisfied after having a small amount or a reasonable amount. It, it's hard to say because like with different foods that amount will look different, but it's like when we have had some and our taste cravings are satisfied before we're feeling physically discomfort. Whereas emotional cravings, on the other hand, they are a lot of times, they feel like a bottomless pit where it's like that feeling of like, ah, maybe just something else. That wasn't quite what I wanted. Let me go get another thing. Like, or let me grab another one because it just would be good. It would just be relaxing. It would be nice to have it. And we can talk ourselves into more and more regardless of how we end up feeling physically, which is like when we can feel physically ill from eating so much and like the bloating, the discomfort or feeling a little bit nauseous or feeling extra tired because it's a way that it's processing our emotions and distracting us from our emotional discomfort, but it can end up creating physical discomfort. So I'm going to reference back to that example I had talked about last week, which was the empty room, because when we have an empty room, you walk into it, you start talking, and you hear that echo, and that's the sound waves bouncing off the wall, and then as soon as you start to add that furniture back in, or put up some drapery, maybe add a rug, whatever it is, it stops the sound waves from bouncing off of the walls, so it's a way of like muffling it and stopping that sound waves, so that way you don't notice it anymore. And food is the exact same way where it helps to dull the vibrations and sensations of the emotion for the time being because it releases like the neurotransmitters that make us feel good it helps us as a way to like zone out for it and so it is serving us in that way but it may not be the way that we want so a thing that we can do is start being curious and acknowledging how the emotional hunger and the emotional eating does serve us and it is helpful 
because it is easing some of that discomfort that we're experiencing from our emotions, especially if we've never really learned how to process emotions as a vibration sensation in our body. And when I say vibration or sensation, it's like that when someone gets bad news and they feel like they got gut punched or feel like a lump in their throat when they're feeling grief or when anxiety, like they feel like they just have to move and like just feels like they're buzzing. Like even like happiness where it feels like somebody's like buzzing with energy. Those are all like sensations that are results of our emotions and we experience our emotions physically. If we don't know how to experience those emotions physically, it can be extremely uncomfortable and we try to find a way to ease that feeling, which we can do with food or we can do with watching TV or we can do with scrolling through social media or doing, you know, shopping therapy. Is any of that where that we use something that distracts ourselves and eases some of that discomfort because it makes us feel good, at least for the time being. Because some of these things don't make us feel good long term, but they help us in that moment that we're trying to kind of get away from and kind of numb out in a way. So just noticing how it helps us because one of the things that will never help you with emotional eating is judging yourself with it. And most people that I work with, and I used to do this myself, is judge ourselves around times where we're emotionally eating or not doing the right thing, quote unquote right thing. If we use the example of if you were feeling anxious and then you ate something that helped and then it's just like I was feeling anxious and I ate this food and it helped me feel better for that moment instead of going to the place of I can't believe I ate that food, I shouldn't have had it, why do I do this to myself? Going down that path of judgment towards ourselves just makes us feel worse, which if you have a habit of emotional eating is probably going to lead to more emotional eating down the line. And all of this happens as a result of that original emotion. So that's why when we start processing that original emotion, we can get rid of this whole cascade of judgment. But we can also not have to judge ourselves for emotional eating because that will never serve us. And that was another thing I was reading in research a while ago is like people are more likely to emotionally eat or having like a binge eating, any of that, when they are judging themselves and when they have more of these thoughts about it. And I even remember... A while ago, I was reading research studies around pregnant women and cravings, and people were more likely to overeat during pregnancy and have extra when they had unhealthy beliefs around food, like that they were supposed to limit certain things or like the expectations that we have really creates our relationship with food. And so when we work on removing that judgment from ourselves, because really if judging ourselves and doing a verbal reprimand really work, we'd all be doing things perfectly, but we're human and that doesn't work. When you take the time to really see and be curious about how the emotional eating has helped you, then with that, we're able to really move forward with it. Because when I work with people on how it served me, then you're able to play with it and it opens up more of like this curiosity approach, which is more helpful when we're trying to discover different ways of doing things and actually see changes. If we take a closer look at that example above of like, I was feeling anxious, so then I ate this food and it helped me, we can start asking ourselves questions like, did I like how it helped me? Because if the answer is yes, you can choose not to change anything. If the answer is no, maybe for a reason like, I didn't like how I felt physically sick afterwards, then you can start exploring what other ways you could use to help yourself when you're feeling anxious. Because you never have to change any of this. It's not just a never emotionally eat because we do kind of have this emotional capacity of like think about it like if you were to go into a gym and try to and it's your first time ever in a gym and you were just picked up a 50 pound weight and you're like I'm gonna do a bicep curl with this. It's not really gonna work because we haven't built the capacity within that muscle to be able to lift that much weight. 
And when we aren't used to allowing our emotions, we're very similarly building the capacity to be able to feel that because if we go right into all of the emotions and just trying to allow all of it, it can be a little bit overwhelming and feel like a lot to handle at one time and can almost trigger like a fight or flight response in our nervous system. So just kind of playing with the edges of that can help us to work on building that capacity because instead of the 50 pound dumbbell, maybe you start with the five pound and just start in a slow way of creating that safety to feel emotions. There might be times where you choose to emotionally eat as a way to help cope. And then as you continue to expand your capacity to feel, you do that less because you're choosing that for your honoring your physical fullness in those moments. When you're approaching it this way, and the only thing that really matters is you like your reasons and you're choosing it for yourself, is it takes it out of that black and white approach that like this is right or this is wrong and creates a lot more space for all that gray area where we get to figure out what's best for you from that place of curiosity and compassion, which helps us to learn so much more. Because one of the things that I see is people attaching to never emotionally eating, which if you want that to be your intention because you don't like how it feels physically, then that's okay. But when we focus on never emotionally eating and emotionally eating is bad and eating whenever we're feeling full is bad, it puts us right back into that mentality of like the right or wrong and in those moments of like when we're feeling anxious instead of taking time to be curious about the emotion and we're experience that we're having we can end up focusing on I can't emotionally eat here nope can't do that and then it brings more resistance back into our life which is the thing that we're trying to move away from because often we spend a lot of time resisting our emotions and when we're resisting our emotions one of the things I like to reference is what resists persists So anytime we're resisting our emotions, we continue to experience it because the thing with emotional eating is it doesn't actually process the emotion, it just distracts from it. So later, then we still have the emotion coming back up from the thoughts that we're thinking about whatever happened and we continue to experience that and that emotion in our body versus taking the time to process and allow it to go through us and then release. And then we stop experiencing that same emotion which anxiety may come back for other reasons, but it helps to reduce the amount we're experiencing and we don't experience negative emotion on top of that because when we're still feeling anxious later and then we start all of a sudden adding judgment and maybe some shame or guilt on top of it, we're just compounding the negative emotions that we're experiencing rather than just taking that first layer of emotion, working with it, coping with it, processing it, and then moving on and moving forward. Because that's how we create more space for feeling like have more positivity and happiness in our life. And the thing is, we're always going to have a human experience where we experience a wide range of emotions and that's completely normal. And that doesn't mean anything negative towards what we have because it's perfectly fine to have an amazing life and then still experience like anxiety and fear and doubt about it because we're human and we're just going to have those wide range of experiences in our life. And we don't want to spend that time like judging and trying to fight against it. But back to our different types of hunger. One of the last things I wanted to cover in this episode was just some different tips to help you with starting to learn the differences between the different types of hunger for you because how we experience it and how we feel it is going to be different for each individual because we're the only one who ever knows what it's like to have the experience in our body so what I tell you and the way I experience it won't be the exact same way that you experience it there's going to be similarities with it but it's going to be unique so really figuring out ways to take that time and learn what it's like for you is what we need to work on 
I like to start doing that by just checking in with how you're feeling physically and mentally before, during, and after meals. Which in the beginning, it can seem like a lot to do and seem like a lot of work. And the old ways can seem a lot simpler of these foods are allowed, these foods are not allowed, this is the portion size I'm supposed to go to, because it gives us a lot of structure, which is why when I'm working with clients, I try to give a little bit of structure to this a little bit abstract approach where it's like no rules at all. And if we're used to rules, it can feel at first a little bit difficult to not have rules. So the check-ins are just like, how am I feeling physically right now? How am I feeling emotionally? Like what emotion am I experiencing? Because we're always experiencing an emotion. Even if the beginning is just, I'm good or bad. We can start there. We start where we are always. And then just seeing like where we are at mentally before our meal and just doing that check-in and then partially through the meal, just checking in of how is my physical hunger coming along? Am I getting towards like fullness? What's how is my emotions changing? How am I mentally changing within this? And just checking in with that to see if we're getting towards satisfied with our meal and then after the meal doing the same thing because you might find some surprising different signs of hunger that you may not have expected like I had no idea before doing this stuff a couple years ago that one of my early signs of hunger is having trouble focusing now I can easily recognize whenever I'm sitting down trying to do some work and I just like keep reaching for my phone or I just keep getting distracted a lot of times that's an early sign of hunger for me and if I go eat some food I can come back and just do focused work again so it's just about exploring and seeing how those different things change for you and it's going to take a little bit of time and repetition and just willingness to be curious and explore it because here's like some of the stuff that's going to happen too is like sometimes we're going to misjudge it and not really be sure what we're doing so then we'll like end up eating too much and being uncomfortable or not being eating enough and not feeling fully full or satisfied and that just takes time and it just takes playing with it and the next tip is like anytime you're unsure just use it as an opportunity to learn you can eat you cannot eat you can just keep observing yourself and seeing what changes because sometimes that emotional hunger if we allow it to sit with that urge of like the desire to eat and then we don't eat it sometimes it dissipates and we just a few minutes later it goes away and then sometimes it's like oh we can eat and then we can learn how do things change oh they haven't changed at all oh it is an emotional thing and not a physical thing or a taste thing like it just takes time and the willingness to try things If you're thinking about this right now and thinking, oh, that sounds like a lot more work than I'm doing right now, I will say in the beginning it can feel a little bit like that, but now it's extremely effortless for me to be able to tell the difference between these different types of hunger. As an example, a couple of weeks ago, I had some birthday cake around still, and I was thinking about having a piece, and I just did this really quick check, and I just do it out of habit now of like, why do I want to eat it? And I realized the reasons I wanted to eat it was because I was feeling really tired, and I was feeling a little bit anxious. And checking with my body, I could tell like, oh, if I have this slice of birthday cake, then I'm going to end up feeling bloated, so I don't really want to have it. And so then basically that choice was like, okay, I I know I feel uncomfortable right now and I'm probably going to feel tired until I go to sleep and I'm just allowing the anxiety. So then the decision just becomes like, what do I want to experience? Because I know it's available to me and it's an option. Like I could have just ate that piece of birthday cake and it wouldn't have been a big deal. But I just knew afterwards that I would have felt a little bit physically not that great, which I didn't want to experience that on top of feeling anxious and tired still. So I just chose like, I'd rather just experience the discomfort that I am truly experiencing right now and just be with that. And it makes the choice easier and more open. And when you open up to experiencing what you're experiencing, it's not as bad. I remember first learning about this and having a hard time believing that because it's like, why do I want to be uncomfortable? Like, why would I do this? But it is like true if we don't fight against it or think that something has gone wrong just because we're having the experience that we're having, then it just eases up so much more because we're not fighting back against it. And if in that moment I had checked in and been like, oh, I like, I have space for this and I think this is a taste thing, then I would have done that. 
but now I have enough awareness, I can easily tell the difference. But sometimes in the beginning, I would just wasn't really sure if it was that, if it was a taste, if it wasn't emotional. So what I did was I would eat the slice of birthday cake and see how I was feeling. So that's how I know now how I would feel if I had it. It's that willingness to play and experiment with it. And I want to spend a little bit of time on a check-in for emotions of like, how am I feeling right now? And in the beginning, it's really okay to just be like, I feel comfortable or I feel uncomfortable or I feel good or I feel bad. And then just kind of exploring why. Like the more specific we can get with our emotions, if we're like, oh, well, I'm upset right now. Well, what kind of upset are you? Are you anxious? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Are you furious? And just if we, the more we can identify which emotion it is, the more clarity it'll bring us. But meet yourself wherever you are. If you're not used to checking in with your emotions, then just be like, I'm uncomfortable or I'm upset and leave it as the broader term. And then over time, get more specific because then we can start checking in. Okay, like, why am I upset? Because when you check in with that, then you can start to see what you're thinking about what's happening in your life that is causing you to feel that emotion. And when we start being more intentional about what we are thinking, that's when we start really feeling like life's not just happening to us and that we have a lot more control within our own experiences of what's happening around us. And that's when we start to shift those thoughts that we're experiencing. And a lot of times it's just accepting where we are. That is really the first step of that process. And you can learn so much in that. We can also learn to process those emotions by breathing into the feeling that we're having in our body. And that allows it to release and process through. So that way we can decide to eat the birthday cake later and just truly enjoy the piece of birthday cake because it's good and we like it. And have that be the only reason, not because I want to feel less anxious. Because really when we're eating for those reasons of like, oh, I just want to relax right now. I want to feel less anxious. It doesn't really get rid of the anxiety. It does for a few moments sometimes, but then it comes back later and we still have to deal with that. And then sometimes it's like, oh, now I have to also deal with experiencing the discomfort of my stomach feeling bloated and not feeling good physically. Not that either of those are right or wrong, but we just get to choose our experience, which I think is so fun. And one last thing I wanted to talk about is just that the goal of all of this is not that you're only eating when you feel hungry. And the goal isn't that you never eat when you're experiencing emotion because we're always experiencing emotions. It's just figuring out what we want and liking our reasons for it based on what's best for us and not based on standards and rules. Because when we're basing it on standards and rules, like we're forever going to be chasing them and it's going to just create this consistent like roller coaster feeling, especially with something like health that is something we're working towards every single day. It's not something that ever is done and complete. It's something that we're always going to have because we're always going to need food. We're always going to have emotions. And so it's just this journey and this process that we get to experience with ourselves. And we can either be supporting ourselves with it or we cannot be supporting ourselves and just judging ourselves through it. And really, again, the only thing that matters is you like the reasons for it and you like the experience in your body. Really, all that matters is that you like your reasons for it because when you like your reasons, it feels so much more solid and it's not so much doubt and second guessing. So it's really just this opportunity to get to know ourselves more, build trust with ourselves, build some self-esteem and some confidence and love towards ourselves. So that way we really get to decide and understand what's best for us. And with that goal of it's not just eating when hungry, because sometimes there may be times when we're comfortably full and we just decide to have a little something else. Like for example, sometimes it could look like not being hungry and being at a birthday party and deciding you want a slice of cake because it sounds good. And sometimes it might be at a birthday party and choosing 
choosing not to have cake because you can tell that eating more will make you uncomfortably full. And the thing is when you know that food is always available to you and that you can always have cake at a different day, it's not only available on the day of the birthday party or it's not only available on that special occasion, then there's so much more ease around saying no to having the cake at the party because it's like, oh, well, you know, if I want it later, I can have it later. And I'd rather not to have that experience of being uncomfortably full. And so then that choice becomes so much easier when you can trust yourself to have things really whenever you want because it's not this gotta have it while it's available type of energy. It's just, this is always available to me. Do I want it right now? And neither choice is right or wrong. It's just discovering which one you want in that moment and on different days, it'll be different choices and that's okay. You know, and really, again, the only thing that matters is that you like your reasons for it. All right, so that's this week's episode. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you're finding these episodes helpful, I would love it if you would leave me a review or share it with people so that way more people can find it. Thank you and I'll see you next week.